there's no need for value. Yeah. Value comes. What's value is when it's when it's rare or infrequent. Yeah, but what always is isn't rare or infrequent. So there's no value. The value of the message, in a way, about uh, about the the thusness or that that means it almost implies it's an object. But let's just say the thusness. The value in the thus about the thusness is not in the thusness. It's in ex- manifestation, because the manifestation is is driving people berserk. Yeah, I mean. The mind's getting up to some really strange things just by its lack of awareness of that fact of what all all there is. Yeah. So to me, the value lies in bringing it in where it doesn't seem to be because it's always so. So it's the most reliable thing that's being unnoticed, really, because it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. All the requirements are on the manifested side. They are not on its side. It's always available at all times. It's like sunlight. You know? The sunlight isn't choosing what it's, uh, what it's shining on. Yeah? It's just, if you're not in a house or behind an umbrella, you're going to get the sun. Yeah? So the, the conditions and the requirements aren't based on that. It's on us. Yeah? So like in recovery, we talk about the sunlight of the spirit, but the sunlight of the spirit can be blocked off with like a five cent shade. Because it's sort of like this sunlight. Yeah? The sunlight, we can be separated from the sunlight in manifestation. Yeah? We can be in a room, we can have glasses on, we can have an umbrella, there's tons of things. Clouds can come by, and then you won't be, the sunlight won't seem to be available to you. But it's always available. Yeah? If you fly high enough you know, above the clouds, the sun is always out. It's never, it's not like behind anything up on that level. Yeah? But here, there can be things that block it, seemingly. And therefore, we don't, we don't get what we truly need, which is that light. Yeah? But it's not, uh, the requirement isn't on the light side. It's sort of like a, a master, Sri Ramana Maharshi, he says, the all, all the value, the only value in paths is that it it'll, hopefully it will diminish the ignorance. That's it. It's not about achieving or acquiring anything. It's about allowing things that you've picked up to be discarded. Yeah. In AA we see that, but we don't get down to the business of discarding. We just tell the truth about it and surrender, and then let something else go through what we call us and about us, and pick out what's essential or not. Yeah. We're not going to be running the. It's like being a. It's like being on an operating table, and your job is just not to get up. That's it. And the secondary is don't think, don't play doctor. Stay as the patient, and just let the operation continue. Yeah. Don't be going. Oh, this. I think this is what the problem is. You don't fucking have a clue what the problem is because usually it isn't. We're, we're not people with a problem. We are the problem. The way we're constituted through identification as what we're not, that's the problem. That's the Petri dish where all the other stuff is growing out of. Yeah? Now, we don't like what's growing out of it, but we never, very rarely will look at the Petri dish itself, or like in recovery it says, getting to the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah? The exact nature of the wrong. The exact nature of the wrong, ultimately, is it's illusory. Yeah? And you're... you're participating in that illusory event. You're dreaming. Yeah? You're the dreaming of this place. So, if I, so what happens with recovery? Recovery for me doesn't produce a spiritual event or a spiritual awakening. It diminishes a mental state that's precluding that from being obvious. Yeah? Yeah? It's not like I finally get some sun, it's the shade goes up and some sun comes in and then you realize the only thing that was blocking that huge sunlight in this place was a five cent paper shade. Yeah? And if you look at it long enough, you'll see you're holding it down. <laughs> you're the one that's holding the shade down, bitching about, fuck, I gotta go get bronzing or go to a tanning salon. I'm not getting any of the sun. But if you actually question, you'll see you're there holding it down. It has nothing to do with the sunlight. If the shade gets released, it rolls up, and what happens? The sun doesn't slowly come in. The light just goes, 
Because there is no darkness. Darkness, the most you can say about darkness is it's the absence of light. It doesn't have an inherent reality in, in and of itself. It's just if the light isn't being uh, recognized, then there'll be darkness. Or in some terms, they would call the darkness ignorance. Yeah? So we're ignoring our condition, our true condition, by being identified with a false condition. It doesn't mean the false condition doesn't have effects because you are the source of all effects, so if you believe this to be so, there's going to be tons of effects based on that belief that this is so. Yeah? Not, by, not by what you're believing in, but what's believing. Yeah? You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. It doesn't say you and I are giving this and this and this and that, and on Wednesdays and Fridays, it's now it's that's exempt. No, it's a statement. You can believe it or not. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. Everything is a pretty large space. Yeah, I mean, almost anything can, that shows up must fit into everything. You know, I mean, no matter how special you are, you're still part of everything. So, if you and I are giving everything, and remember, this is part of the everythingness. <laughs> this is part of what's appearing. Yeah? It's facilitating what isn't appearing, yeah, to look here, but it isn't what's looking. This isn't looking. A great old Zen master made it very clear, very simple, save us a lot of time. He says, whatever can be perceived, yes, cannot be perceiving. End of sermon. That was Charlie probably got up and walked out of the room. There you go. What more? You want me to add on to that? If you just entertain that. So, wait a minute. What I call me is being perceived here by all these people. Yeah. So, if I am being perceived, then his simple answer is, this can't be perceiving. Thank you. So, instead of crediting the camera with all the seeing, you'll see the camera is just, or the lenses are just facilitating seeing. Yeah? They're not the source of the seeing. Yeah? And so this weird idea that you're someone that's always rooted in the reference of being a body somehow, you're, you're, when you think of you as a non-body, you're thinking of it as a body. Yeah? It's just like the idea of, hey, honey... Nice to see you. Come on in. That's all right. Every anytime. So uh, this is an old friend of mine from Italy. Yes. I do. All right. So here's the thing. When I always talk about the clones, yeah, and in the movie, the clone. He has a story, the clone's programmed with a story that it's this person who lives on Earth and he's on this mission to the moon and he's been here for five years, you know, it makes it very enriching. He's got pictures of his family and friends and he wears a Boston Red Sox hat so he must be affiliated with the Red Sox or from Boston. And he's got a huge story and he goes about with that assumption in place. All day he's working at this little moon place in this huge thing by himself, but he, he has this belief that he's this person, da, 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 da. And then an incident occurs where there's a mix-up in the master plan, so to speak. One of the, he goes and there's a spacesuit in something that broke down at one of the facilities, and there's a living person in that spacesuit. And he brings it back to the plant, to the, the base, and it looks just like him. Yeah? It doesn't have the same personality. This one's sort of anxious and hates the Red Sox, but it looks just like he does as a body, yeah? And so the other ones say, hey, I think there's, there's some breaking news going on. We're not, a, we're not this person that has all these pictures and is, can't wait to get home. You've never been there. This is just a fucking programming. And he just has all the denial that possibly can be. And then the guy's like, okay, let's go down below. And he go, they go below together, and there's like canisters and canisters of the same body. <laughs> there's like five, there's like a 500 of him there. <laughs> all waiting for when this runs down, because they don't live forever, then the new one pops up, and the new one has a story that he's been here for five years, and he can't wait to go back home. Yes? And so obviously, 
all the evidence in the world is shouting at them, hey, you're not, fuck the Boston Red Sox, you know, this, you're not from Boston, you don't have a wife, there's no kids, this, is, this isn't your beautiful house and your beautiful car and your beautiful wife. And so it's a pretty dem- demonstrable uh, event, yeah? I mean, it's demonstrating on a new scale. Here you have a two of, you've got this other person that has a story, not similar to you, but looks just like you, and there's thousands of you down there. So, all right, so the clone... Here's that it's a clone. Yeah. Wow, that would be awesome, huh? It would clear everything up in a lot of ways. Clone realizes it's a clone, but it can't realize it's a clone. The programming is so strong, no matter what it's what what evidence comes at him, he receives the evidence that he's a clone as the personal programming. That's what happens here. I'm serious. This, the reference point is so rooted, it's so established in time, that you never see it getting built. Yeah? It's only in timelessness that you get a real good view of it. In time, you'll never get before it's made. You'll never out, you'll never uh, beat it in a draw. Yeah? You're never going to win. Yeah? Because there's going to be a feeling of being you, and that you is contrived. Nothing right or wrong with it, but it's contrived. It's made up, and it has a lot of stories to reinforce that to seem as real as real can be, yeah? And the whole system of memory is basically to support the story of you were here, yeah? You're going to be here for sure, and therefore you're here now, yeah? You were in the past, hey, fuck, why would would I want to go thoughts about a stranger eight years ago? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it'd be boring as hell. Oh, what, what was Stan doing four years ago, eight years ago? Let me think about it. And to go over all that it would mean to Stan, I could care less about Stan. But if it's Paul, I'm totally into it. I'm spending a lot of my day thinking about me four years ago. The me that I'm not. And also, I'm thinking about the me that I'm going to be. Yeah. yeah. So what, without memory, like you gave me that thing that day, every time you remember an event, the only thing you can remember is a memory of it. You can never go to the event because it's fucking. It's not hasn't happened in the fact. It just seems to have happened. Yeah. So this this stuff starts hitting you in the face, but you have to you have to realize. It's like that movie, The Matrix. I love this one, too. I hated the last two, but the first Matrix was pretty good, yeah? And then the guy, he's a normal dude, and then he realizes he may be the anointed one. He's the chosen one. And then he gives up his T-shirt and jeans. He's wearing the long jacket now with the great $800 sunglasses with nice hair. <laughs> and there's Neo, and he's, he's the one. He's the one that's going to save everyone. You know, it's just like this commercial for some damn stupid the virus is going to destroy the whole world show and then the, the star the lady goes I'm going to be the one who saves everyone it's so well said it it's like when someone dies in a movie and there's someone standing over and saying you can't do this to me I'm sorry I don't really have any choice life pulled the plug above the no, we had that date this week. What are we going to do? I have the whole weekend. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm inconveniencing you by passing away. <laughs> it just blows your mind. And you don't see how absurd it is, but the self-centeredness is quite pronounced. Yeah. So here's the, matrix, here's the Matrix, and there's Neo, and now he's... He's, he can, in the dreaming, he goes into the matrix and he's got all this power. As long as it's all about him, if he, if he deems it to be so, it becomes so, yeah? And so the third movie, the, the uh, matrix is just a giant computer thing, right? A pro, uh, programming. And so the programming appears as this guy, and he's called the architect. So he's like the main spokesman for the whole fucking dream. And he, he has a room, and there's all these TV all these TV screens, small ones. And Neo walks in with the black full length thing, and he's on every screen, yeah. And so now the architect says, "Oh, so Neo, you're the savior, yes?" And Neo doesn't say anything, but you know, yeah, sure, I'm the savior. Says, "Oh yeah, you're like the sixth one." 
Our program who has run into you, it was an aberration a long time ago. We, you're number seven. <laughs> the whole, you can see Neo's face crumble, you know. What? <laughs> oh yeah, we've had tons of saviors, bring them on. <laughs> There's no threat here. <laughs> so you see, <laughs> if someone tells me, Paul, see this is what happens for me, how it worked was in recovery. Since I was a kid, and you know, it may sound like I'm saying I was a kid, how, you're not going to spend much time trying to walk through the minefield of language. Just get that what it conveys when I'm sharing it. You know? I'm not saying I was a kid, but the dreaming aspect of the kid, yeah? And things happened to me in my life. And this is just a story. I don't know what produced anything, but it seemed like I was loving people, like my grandmother and my father and stuff, and they both died in a very short period of time when I was nine. And that sort of really flipped me up, my apparatus. And so I went deep inside my head and I started to take counsel up from here. Yeah? And <laughs> it was a bad fucking idea. But <laughs> and it's basically said, I can't live here and get bushwhacked by feelings anymore. I gotta have a feeling already in place. So I'm just going to start getting loaded. I didn't think of that, but when I found alcohol and drugs, I realized they did a good job. I'm going to beat everyone to the punch. I'm going to feel something while you, while something else could provoke a feeling. I already have a feeling, yeah? And if I'm absorbing it enough, it will be enough to, back, to beat yours off, you know? Whatever life brought to me, I'd be loaded already, yeah? So I try to make what I thought was super real unreal. That was my objective, yeah? I'm just going to... So I... You can see it if you're a kid. First I started reading science fiction, then Edgar Allan Poe. I wanted to get out of here because the place just seemed too much, you know. Love, loving someone and getting rejected seemed like a death sentence, you know. I was a very sensitive character. So I tried to make everything as unreal as, as, unreal as it could be, yeah. But what happened when I came in AA, I realized I was making things, by trying to make things unreal, I actually gave them more reality than they deserved. You know? I made, by me trying to avoid them, by making them unreal, they made, they were actually made real. Yeah? By me trying to make them unreal. Just like it says in recovery, my life is unmanageable. But do you ever ask why? Well, I found when I did, it was because I was managing it. That's why life was unmanageable, because I was managing it. All right, so that's the same thing. So suddenly in recovery I came in, and I think first I admitted, hey, I'm a drug addict alcoholic. Let that land. And then I started telling the truth about stuff. And I let things, I let things be as real as they wanted to be, instead of trying to avoid them. And they showed me their true nature, which is they're unreal. All the while, they have been unreal. They never were real. I gave them all the meaning they had. I gave them the reality, the meaning of being real by trying to avoid them and make them unreal. I, it was all happening. I thought it was happening to me from some outside force. I was right in the mix, <laughs> making up my movie. Yeah. So, when I finally let that happen, what does it show me? It showed me it's unreal. Its nature is unreal. Its nature is that it comes and goes. And then, after a while, you, if you see everything comes and goes, it may insinuate there must be something that has never come and will never go. And if it has, if, if it's never has come and never can go, then you can't have an experience of it. Yeah? And because we recognize being here through experiences, we may not recognize it. Just like if, with gravity. People feel the effects of gravity all day, but most people aren't talking about gravity. Yeah? When they climb up the hill, they go, man, that hill was pretty, pretty high, but it was just the gravity you were going up against. Yeah? That, that inertia pulling you down. Yeah? It wasn't the hill. The hill facilitated an experience of gravity, but very rarely do you even put it on gravity. You know, this is how far out to lunch we are. So, what's always so will never be experienced because it hasn't come or gone. It hasn't come and gone. Yeah, that's why we seem to have experiences because we don't come and go. Yeah, we don't come and go. 
So we can, we can, we can have experiences, but we can't be experienced, yeah? We can have the experiences, but what we are is distinctly different than something that can be experienced, yeah? We're not a thing, we're not of time, we didn't come and go like being born and then dying, yeah? We didn't know that that's happened. It just appears to happen based on our story, our phone story, so to speak. But what we are is what's allowing all experiences to happen, but it's not of, of the quality of an experience, because it doesn't come and go, it can't be seen, felt, tasted, or touched, or heard, yeah? But it facilitates all the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. It's an incredible distinction, it's important to make in a way, because you're never going to experience yourself. It's impossible. What you are can't be experienced. Yeah. We, we want to apply... I, the, the head's programming wants to apply how it knows things to what it is. But you're not a thing. Yeah? That's why our mechanism of finding things out cannot work with what you are. You can't find out what you are. You can find out what you're not, and then you'll then something will occur, but you're not going to experience what you are. You're going to see that you're not what you thought you were, and now you're going to have a state, and it's not your state, and you didn't get there, but something that wasn't available will become available. And the, one of the beautiful qualities is, is that it's always available, at all times, with no requirement necessary, because it doesn't have any quality of coming and going. Yeah? It's not like something, if you go, boom, it pulls its head in like a turtle. It doesn't. It's like the all-seeing eye, or awareness, whatever you want to say, that's its nature. It's not an awareness that, oh, I, with discrimination or... or choosing and picking, oh, I'll be aware of that. It's not like our interest and attention that's driven by our, the programming of the apparatus. It's a full, full, huge, huge space of awareness, yeah? That all of this is happening in. You're an appearance in what you are. What you're taking yourself is appearing in what you are, yeah? And it's what you are that's experiencing it. You think it's you experiencing it. And there's, that's where the suffering lies. Because as soon as it's you that's experiencing something, there's an opinion that you shouldn't be experiencing this. Yeah? And then what, what usually arises is your ultimate powerlessness, and you can't seem to get out of the situation that you, that's making you feel really uncomfortable, because you have no power to get out of it. So you get frustrated, and then you get frustrated again, and frustrated again, and then of course you want to get out of it so, so much, and it gets you with the biggest one, which is self can't get out of self. A thing cannot get out of the troubles of a thing. It's realizing you're not the thing that the troubles may be relieved. Yeah? You have to bring in, it's like Einstein said, I want to paraphrase it, that you can't go to what's producing the problem for a solution to it. You can't, self can't be relied on to get out of self. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> all it knows is being in self. It has all these ideas, I was out of it, and then you're always frustrated or disillusioned when you thought you were out of it, and then suddenly the next day you seem to be back in it. It's sort of like, what? I thought I was out of it. I thought that was done. Or in recovery, you do a thorough thing of a resentment, and you say, oh, I've done that, resentment's been gone, and then you get up to similar resentment comes up. You go, what the hell happened? Yeah? Because there's nothing here. It's all possibilities. If you're in a if your if your mind is resting in an ignorant condition, it's gonna it's gonna go into that giant treasure trove of old ideas, beliefs, and concepts and experiences, and it's gonna attract some. Just like you could be a saint, and then if you shot cocaine up here tonight, I'd probably be arrested at the fucking uh, tenderloin by four hours. Where did all the sainthood go? All those 20 years of being a saint, 26 years would be like that. Because it's just, that was a possibility. No matter how long you've entertained it, it's still just a possibility. Then something else was entertained, and then a new possibility showed up. And it's like, the plane's there, and you're the tarmac. It's landed. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't call it off, because you've built the strip. 
You didn't, but you know what I mean? The mind has been... Whatever the mind is resting in, it's going to produce from there. If it's resting in fear and anxiety, guess what? It's going to have tons of stories of how things are going to go wrong. Yeah. It has to to be right. It has to be relevant. You don't see an imaginary phantom wants to feel like it's a thing. Yeah. It's taking this to get stuck in your stories because you may be bored stiff with the story, but the selfing is mining relevance. I you know it's me. I mean something. I mean something. Have you ever really liked a woman or a guy? And let's say uh not that any of us did this before, but maybe. Let's say you weren't paying much attention to them, and you were basically dumping a lot of shit on them, because they were like, love opens you up to the fucking, you know. Usually you won't see, you'll see a couple yelling and screaming, and if a stranger walks by, they also have to stop. <laughs> you wouldn't do it to a stranger, but you'll do it to someone who's close to you, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> You're just dying to dump shit out. <laughs> That's how you can be right. <laughs> I don't know, man. This freedom, if you like it, it's available. You know? Where? Now? Here. What do I need to do? Absolutely nothing. You've done way too much. It's going to be some undoing. You may have to go through some undoing, yeah. But the doing will only be there to do to be used to undo because it's a dualistic antidote. Yeah, just like remembrance of self. What would be an answer to that? Forgetfulness of self. Oh, that's a big stretch. How did I? How did I think of that? Well, if you're constantly remembering yourself, then the best antidote is to forget it. What we do is in service and stuff like that. You get to forget yourself, and then you usually feel better. Hopefully, after like 800 examples, you'll get it. Hey, I feel better when I'm out of myself. <laughs> Yet my whole agenda is to be looking out for myself to get better. But that whole agenda is the, produces the exact opposite of what I'm looking for. When I get interested in others, I feel better. Instead of being to- totally interested in me. Yeah. Now, you and I, our thinking wouldn't go there naturally. Yeah? When we, you know, when I was out there using, was I pondering with my drug addict friend's service? You know? Service, yeah. I think I have to get out of myself. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that was it. You know, <laughs> take. <laughs> it made sense to me. And no matter how many times it failed, I was stuck on stupid in a sense, you know? I'm going to keep fucking applying it. Work once. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> I'll have five minutes before the cops break down the door. Okay. <laughs> it's like a form of slavery. Because then you run into the main thing. You're powerless. And the antidote isn't being good. No. Not, not if you have a position of being the one who's good. You're going to blow up, you know? You ever see those people? I, the, some of the ironies of life are so profoundly incredible in this place. The, one of the best I ever heard was, like in 2004, when Bush was running, they had the whole, you know, they have to finagle votes, you know? So they try to make some kind of social issue to get people vote against their own interests. So they had the... The anti-gay marriage, yeah? So they had this whole campaign about anti-gay marriage they're going to profess around the country. And so they picked a a pastor at one of those uh, evangelical super churches from Colorado Springs to be the the leader, the vanguard, and he talked to Georgie Bush every few days, every week, and they planned their little strategy. How How do we get the base out to vote against this possibility of gay marriage, you know? All right, so okay, sounds good. So he's figurehead, you know, from of the president working on this important topic. <laughs> and then some tapes come out with this male escort that had been having sex with this guy and snorting speed with him for like two years. Now this is the guy that was running the anti-gay and he was having an affair with a gay man and snorting speed. You don't see the irony of life? <laughs> 
I mean, it's better than any movie. Really. I mean, how, who could have thought that? I mean, who could have thought, oh, here's someone's put up as the big figurehead, and he's doing the, the most extreme opposite of what his stand is supposed to be. <laughs> you don't see it? To me, it's beautiful. It's like, what? This place is crazy. It's insane. It really is. You know, just, just, just look what happens. You couldn't think this stuff up. Yeah? <laughs> no writer could do it justice what happens here. Yeah. I mean, whatever, you know. I could go on and on and on, but, you know. Look at, look at some of the qualifications of people who've run the most powerful country in the world. <laughs> I mean, they're insane. One guy had Alzheimer's. He was like, he, had a, he was brought into court after he got out of the presidency, and, and his... He had a deposition, 400 seconds, 452 times, and then he said, I don't remember. <laughs> the guy wasn't there. Three years, his wife was probably running the whole thing. <laughs> it's just mind-boggling. You know? me out. So, as within, so without. You've got to see the absurdity of what's going on in us, that you can see a movie where someone's standing over dead persons by berating them for dying on you. You know, this is extreme self-centeredness. Or there's a massive, you know, uh, virus around the world. I'm going to be. The, I'm going to save the world. <laughs> what about your? What about your? The rest of your people? No, I'm the one. I'm the one scientist. I thought it would be like a group. No, I'm the one. I'm going I, I, I know. I, I have the answer. Oh yeah. Well, you see yourself in an argument with one of your significant others. The same thing. I have the answer. I'm the one. It's uh, big and small. All the all the differences in degrees. Yeah. Our little pantomimes are just as insane as these big ones we see. Yeah. There is a solution. Just start entertaining it. See what happens. You're already busily entertaining right now, all day. Yeah? And most of us, we become privy, or we, we come to realize what we're entertaining after it's been entertained quite a lot. We're just trying to throw in other possibilities. Like, hey, the root of the problem isn't self-centeredness, it's identification of self. The self-centeredness, if you look at it, it makes a lot of sense. What would, what would it be a really crazy identification? What would be needed to keep that seemingly in place? A lot of obsession. You'd have to be thinking about you to feel like it was you. A lot. Yeah? Because if you weren't thinking about you, you wouldn't feel like it was you. Yeah? It has to be produced. So, people want to get into the obsession. That's secondary. What, why is the obsession going on? Yeah? Is, is, it, uh, is it like an application of a glue that keeps your mind identified as a fucking thing all day? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. So, the thingness is never going to produce acts or like relief from thingness. That's going to have to come from a whole other modality. Yeah, that's the whole point of spirituality, if you want to call it that. We're trying to... Uh, access something that's not getting accessed here, and it's become a huge business and a huge thing to do because the current of forgetfulness of what we are is pretty damn strong because we're constantly being bombarded to remember us as a body. Yeah. To remember us not just as a body, but as a doer. You know? I'm not just a, I'm not just seeing thoughts. There's a feeling I'm the thinker of them. I'm not just having feelings, I'm not just not, I'm not just sensing feelings. Every time there's a feeling sense, it implies there was a feeler. Yeah? This is the glue that keeps the bondage of self seemingly applicable for this day. Yeah? On and on and on and on and on. We need, man, it's like, it's like the, the deck of cards here. There's, let's say, the physical condition, Emotional condition, let's say physical condition, circumstantial condition, mental condition, okay? And mental could imply emotional and all that stuff. Okay, so, we're, and these things get dealt. A lot of things get dealt. Bad hands on a physical level, you get hurt or something like that. Mental, the mind's driving you crazy, it's biting at you all day with thoughts about what you've lost or what you're never going to have and all this. And then there's the 
circumstantial conditions. You've been arrested, you've been evicted, you don't have any money, this and that. They tend to seem to box your attention and interest in, yeah? You become defined by those events. And that basically, all we have is those three... We all... There's not another card there. So what we do is, okay, let me get my circumstances together and get it really good, and the circumstances will translate into an ease and comfort in my mental state, yeah, and my physical state. Has that worked for you? Has it worked? Absolutely. No. Yeah? Circumstantial condition isn't going to override the mental condition. Yeah? People can have four Ferraris downstairs, and they're still flipping out about the kid, the paperboy missing that huge porch on Sunday morning. Yeah? So the circumstantial condition is not going to outshine the mental condition. All right, so now people are trying to get healthy, all physical, physical, yoga and everything like that. Nothing right or wrong with it, but we're hoping the physical condition is going to over outshine the circumstantial condition, or at least work with it, and then outshine the mental condition. Like 12 hours of yoga, I'm feeling great, I'm having experiences of this, but they're all there is their experiences, which come and go. The mental state will outlast a, 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 an experience any day of the week. Yeah? Alright, so it seems like, okay, physical condition doesn't seem to override the mental condition, does it? You can be in great shape and be totally fucked. Yeah? <laughs> really? Alright, so there we go, okay. Let's make a combination circumstantial physical. Yeah? So now I'm going to eat really good and I have really nice money and all this stuff and I got great yoga outfits and I'm out there every day and this and that. Okay, yet one thought could ruin your whole day. One thought could ruin your whole yoga retreat. Yeah, one little thought because there's no, you're powerless over it. Yeah? Okay, so now we do the combination. So then, okay, I'm going to work on the mental state from the mental state. Let's say therapy and stuff like that. I have nothing right or wrong with therapy. I'm just riffing, you know. So if you're a therapist, I apologize. <laughs> so, but here, so here's okay. So I'm going to get therapy. I'm going to try to get to the root, the exact nature of the wrong. The exact nature of the wrong is of the mental state. It's not in the mental state. It's not in the mental state that you're going to go in there like those things you have at the cat, you know, the the uh, the big uh, street things, or whatever you know. That when you're a kid, they have all the little dolls, and then you put the little claw and you pull it up. Yeah, you're not going to go in there to this little mental craziness and then pull. There it is. <laughs> there it is. It's going to produce water. <laughs> it's going to be a never-ending problem. <laughs> You know, you get over one thing, oh, that was the one, but then there's a new the one, yeah? So if you notice, after all, all right, so then, all right, I'm going to work on calming the mind, yeah? All right, but what, how, what's, what's, uh, what's watching me as I'm trying to calm the mind? The mind, totally, bring it on, man, I've seen thousands of you, all right, bring it on. I'll just buy some robes and put on a loving gaze on the face. You know, I'll adapt to your little spiritual life like that. And when I want to blow down your house of cards, I will. <laughs> All right. So what would possibly be another card that could be inserted? Because it's been, it's in there. We just don't recognize it. It's in there already. You know, you go over it every time. It's like you make the leap from the deuce to the four. You don't see. It's right in there, let's say. Okay, so let's say, let's call it a spiritual condition. Not a spiritual path, a condition. Yeah? Like in recovery it says that our daily reprieve uh, from alcoholism, from a mental state, and alcoholism is a mental state that's overriding the physical and the circumstantial and emotional state, obviously, easily, a lot, Yeah? How many people come in and they think, oh, I got a job, a girlfriend, and yet it's just waiting, you know, it just wax them like that. So here, so okay, the spiritual, and it says, all right, you're daily reprieve from alcoholism, or let's say an obsessive mental stream, is contingent or based on the, uh, the maintenance, maintenance of your spiritual condition. Now, if you hear that, maybe you are a spiritual condition. Yeah. Instead of thinking, instead of thinking from being a body, 
that wants to try to become spiritual, maybe if you look at you're not the body, you would you may be able to easily entertain that you are of spirit. Yeah? And therefore the job of maintaining it will diminish greatly because in the, in the awareness of it is the highest form of maintenance. Yeah? You're aware of it by having the awareness that's been captured by identification as, as, as the body dismissed from that activity. Now it's aware that it's not a body. It can't be aware of what it is, really, because it, that's it, yeah? The awareness. It can't be aware of the awareness, yeah? But now it's aware of what it's not. Hey, I'm not a body. I'm not the thinker. I'm not the feeler. I have no fucking idea what I am. But let's get this somewhat clear. And if it's not clear, I'm going to entertain it and see what happens, yeah? What, what better, what, what more, you know, what else do I have to do? So now you start entertaining it, and as Jesus says, you'll know the tree by its fruits, you'll start traveling lighter. If you're traveling lighter, what would be the natural response to that? Keep entertaining. It's just like in recovery, people get recovered and then they're sober for a few years, and a, a pretty good life gets built around it. But then the life sort of takes over, and they don't realize why the life is available to them is their sobriety. The quality of sobriety is reflecting how what's going on there. They want to move into, into that reflection, and they stop supporting sobriety, and therefore it changes. And then you start seeing, oh, I had the horse behind the cart, you know? The reason why I'm, I have this wonderful cart is the horse. AA is first, and the, yeah. But this happens quite easily. Happens with a lot of things. You get into something with the noblest of truths, the sense of self, the, the selfing is so powerful, it, it co-ops it. It'll take the most noble thing, the thing that you respect the most of anything you've come in contact with here, and it will twist it. It will. It'll take advantage of whatever it comes in contact with. And you're what brings it in contact with it. <laughs> so, alright, so now, alright, so what happens if I am a spiritual condition? I'll tell you something, a spiritual condition can outshine your circumstantial condition. Definitely, yeah? It's not based on your circumstances. It's nice to have stuff, but it's not, to it's not an incredible necessity because you're, you're pretty, you're free in a sense on some level. And, you can have, your health may not be going well, and that may have a big influence on you, but there's still a sense of buoyancy and an attitude and outlook that's pretty light because of the condition, spiritual condition. It's not based on your circumstantial condition. I'm not surfing, I'm not making money, and this and that. It's not based on my physical condition, it sort of sucks. It's definitely not based on my mental condition. So something... Be, brings a huge influence to the table. Instead of playing that three-card Monty, I got the fourth card now. And I've realized the spiritual condition, which is not an experience, doesn't come and go, outshines the physical, the circumstantial, and the mental. The other two can't outshine the mental, but this outshines the mental. You get relief from the mental by entertaining this. Yeah? Now, you would think you got relief from, from the, the mental from having your circumstances, but that hasn't proved to be correct for most people. Or your physical condition, that hasn't proved to be correct. But this will prove to be correct. The spiritual condition will outshine the mental states. Yeah. So now, you've got the ace that's always been there. It's always been in the deck that keeps getting shuffled through all your experiences. That ace has just been waiting to be recognized or acknowledged. And in that acknowledgement or recognition or honoring of it, it now can, it plays a huge role in whatever hand it's dealt with, yeah? So when you get bad circumstances, bad mental condition, bad physical condition, then the ace is there. Aha, alright, you can play, you can show up, you can just keep on keeping on, yeah? If you took that ace out, you'd probably be overridden by those conditions. That, that trinity of being fucked was a pretty good one. Circumstantial, <laughs> physical, and mental is a pretty big whammy, man. So, we're throwing the spirit, we're throwing the ace in there, and now, alright, so I got a deuce, a three, a four, uh, Another deuce, let's say, but I have the ace. It stands alone, and it can outshine or make what would be unpalatable okay somewhat, yeah? And where is that condition going to be found? 
Not in the circumstantial, not in the mental, not in the physical. It's going to be found right where you are. In the seeing of what's going on, that's it. Yeah. In the hearing, that's it. It's, it's what's hearing but can't be heard. Yeah. It's that old thing. They attempt to put it out to you that you'll stop trying to find it. Because the way you're looking for it, it can't be found that way. It's not a thing. It's not an object. It's not a place. It's not. When people hear the word the void, it sounds like, oh, there's a big place with nothing in it. <laughs> oh, you know, in Buddhism, they have a big. The void. Oh, yeah. That's a huge. It's like, let me think. It's like a giant Costco with nothing in it. That's the void. That's how the thinking goes. It can't think any other way. It's defined by the failedness of the system. Yeah? It's going to make something, it's going to make nothing into something. That's how it knows it. That's, in a way, it's, it's only been eating in one way, a mental understanding, and that's the only way it can digest it, is by making it something. Yeah? When the other thing is, is actually in already. It's coming out. Yeah? Just like they say in recovery, that spiritual hole. To me, and it, you're trying to fill that hole. But the hole is a portal. Yeah. The spirit wants to come out, let's say, and express. Well, you're putting all your answers in there. You're blocking it. You think the answers are going in there and finding it? They're blocking it. Yeah, let it come out. Just have some fucking faith. You know, entertain the possibility. Read Zen mind, faith mind, an old Zen treatise. Why do you think he says faith mind? Have faith in mind. Not in your mental condition. That's not mind. That's a mental process. But mind itself, you know. You want to call it beingness or spirit, whatever. Whatever name works for you. Or no name works for you. But to at least attempt to conjure it up, bring it in, let it become obvious to you. you, And it will be a very good elixir for all your ills and your ailment, you know. It's funny, before this dawned on me, I wanted to get out of here. That was my main job. Every time I shot drugs, every time I wanted out. And now, and now, I'm having a lot of my physical, dif- I'm having physical difficulties, but I don't want to get out. I'm totally signed up for this experience because it's not real. If this was real, I man, I would be super pissed. <laughs> Seriously. Because yeah, I fall into the double whammy. I've had things that everyone says you should want, and they didn't work when I had them. You know, so, you know, that's the double whammy. You know, there's this, there's this hope that, oh, if I had that stuff, everything would be great. So you can live under that faith. But let's say if you run into it, and then you realize it still doesn't translate for you. And then you've done enough of mooring. You know, well, more of it. And then you have, well, you're up Schitt's Creek, basically, then. Because you can't, you know, the basic promise of this place doesn't seem to fulfill itself in your life. Where do you got to, you got to start shopping somewhere else, you know. <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, well, any questions tonight? Don't even worry about what the words, they don't mean, it's just that hopefully there's a certain vague sense of certainty that gets expressed that you'll feel, that just go with that, yeah? Every time you use language, it's going to be contradicting, you know? And, you know, there's no way my action figure could ever live up to what's being entertained. My action figure is defined by limitations, man. Like, people call me up now, and they ask me how I'm doing, I say, let me give you the knee. Because <laughs> the knee is the dominant experience on the physical level, and the circumstantial level. It's the dominant experience, and it's a freaking non-talking, you know, little joint. Yeah, but try not having a, you know, working. <laughs> if you're a house painter, you're not going to work. <laughs> If you do tours, you're not going to fly. Yeah? If you surf, you ain't surfing. <laughs> if you hike, there's no hiking in store for you. <laughs> so let the fourth card become apparent, you know? These talks hopefully do it. They do it to me, because you can be reminded of it. Just like you're reminded about all the shit all day. This is, we're throwing like a another possibility in there and there's no demand on it you, you, 
maybe, maybe in some bad times of your life, you'll go to it. You know, I know a lot of people who come to the talks when things aren't going well. You know, it's like a, they use it as a panacea. Fine, it's, it's able to be used any way, it can, any way you want to use it. Yeah? You know? I would like to see all of us travel a little lighter. Why not? Especially if you're going to call me. <laughs> I don't want to hear too much, man. It's not special, man. It's been, everything's been said before. Ad nauseum. Yeah. <laughs> but it's me, I know. I know it's me. It's you, though. <laughs> no, it's me. I, it's you. See, you're never going to win with me because I don't see you as me. I see you as you. This me is always going to beat out your me. <laughs> You've been subjugated to a you. <laughs> Me's a higher card in the game. I don't care if it happens to you, but me, fuck that. Oh, I heard my... <laughs> you fell on hard times, I'm sorry. <laughs> me? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you, fuck you. Me? Me? Even when I'm getting fucked, I don't feel it. Because um, it's me. <laughs> it's funny when I was out there using... I had a weird experience quite a lot, and that was I was portraying someone getting arrested. Yeah, My disassociation had reached such a level, I had no idea what was going on in the dream. What we call the seeming reality, I was, had no sense of reality whatsoever. I was just, like I get hit by a bottle in the head, I was portraying someone getting hit in the head. You know what I mean? When I was arrested, I was portraying someone be arrested. No, you were arrested, Paul. It was such a disassociation. And you can never get out of an imaginary place. You can't fucking get out of it. You cannot get out of an imaginary place. It's not going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, if it could have, I would have. Seriously. I went to some fucking incredible extremes out there. I looked as far as you could look in certain of those modalities, like drug addiction. Couldn't look almost any farther than that. Yeah. And nothing, you can't transcend an imaginary place. You can't transcend it. You can't get out of it if you think you're in it. You know, you have to realize you're not in it, and that's being out of it. And it will look like you're totally in it, but there'll be a little bit out. And that's maybe all you need is just a little bit out. Maybe you need a little seasoning of out in all the in, you know. And maybe you'll get a taste for it, and maybe entertain it a little more. And then you'll be, like Jesus says, you'll be in this world, but not of it, you know. You'll have a sense of freedom from the circumstantial, the emotional, the physical, the mental. Yeah. That can't be produced by any of those states. It has to come from a different, a different modality. Not of time, not of experience, not of things. Yeah. So, all right.